0: Hey, it's a monthly call with Mark. Just waiting for people to show up if any of you show up live today. Um, all right, we got somebody coming in right now. Couple of people coming in live. Hello, my friend.
1: Are you here, here to chat or just listen?
2: Can you hear me? I can hear you. I'm here to chat. if Other people want to chat too. So fun. I'm just
0: coming. You you can chat first if you want to chat.
2: Okay. Um Oh, one question. Are you are you reconciling daily now sometimes? Wow, well,
0: well, you're letting the cat out of the bag.
2: Sorry. Okay.
0: <laughs> It's no. I'm excited about it. There, there. Uh, I thought I emailed you this, but yes, I've I've been. You know, I've been writing software, and I am in the thick of testing software that lets me reconcile daily. Okay. It's pretty nerdy and fantastic. Love um,
3: I love that you're so nerdy, Mark.
0: <laughs> thank you. I, I, totally I love it. I accept. I accept that validation. Uh, yeah, it's cool. It's fun. Um, the client has to be a certain kind of client. They have to be banking at the right bank, as we've talked about in the setting before. They have to be banking at the right bank. And but if they are, then I can I can do bookkeeping five days a week, and it doesn't take me terribly long because of the software that I have written. It still makes mistakes sometimes, and so it's it's new software, but yeah, it's
2: working. It's fun. Okay, That's cool um I'm curious what what statistics the backstory is I have every month at the beginning of the month I sit down and I have a little note on my calendar that just says uh record last month's business statistics and there are like a few things that I track like uh how many subscribers I got on my list what my revenue was that last month um what my website traffic numbers are, like just, you know, real basic numbers. And Mm -hmm. I'm sort of curious, like what, what would you track or what do you recommend tracking for businesses like ours?
0: I have so little attention span that for me tracking really has to be about one or maybe two things. And I've actually thought about this for myself lately because I don't do much tracking of anything, but what what's on my mind lately is that I want to know, uh, we all tend to be very revenue obsessed. So we want to look at our, like, how much money did I make? That's not useless information, but it's not very useful because money arriving is the very last thing to happen. What I'm looking for is what is the one upstream thing that I believe has the greatest impact on that. On that money, on the money arriving. For me, if I were to track one thing, it would probably be um, sort of guest speaking engagements per per year or per month. It would be because I happen to know that in my business, the thing the thing that has had the biggest impact long term is me engaging with other people's audiences whose people whose audiences have my clients in them. Right. That's Mm -hmm. the number one. If I'm talking to, if I'm engaging with other people's audiences and my client is in that audience, everything is fine in my business. I don't have to think about anything else. I actually have in a, in a coaching or an expertise driven business, which could be a service business or a peer coaching business. Um, I do think those are the things that that that's the like number one statistic that any of us could track Uh, unless we're going for a much more scaled business. Like Amanda, I know you're pursuing a membership right now. Awesome. Your, your upstream number would probably be something more. It wouldn't be, I mean, traffic is important. Opt-ins are important, but there's some engagement indicator between, opt-in and membership sign up that I think would be your thing. And I bet you, you may even have a sense of what it is. I, I, um,
3: I mean, I'm, so- I, we we talked about on a previous call, it was, I think it was on one of our private calls that if I would triple the number on my list, I'd probably get to the income that I'm looking for.
0: Oh yeah, I do. I do still believe that I'd forgotten. I said it, but I still, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And so um, that's been a big push for me is to up that number, which I had a really good opt-in in the month of June that got me probably 1,800 new subscribers on my list. Wow.
0: But how are you driving traffic to it?
3: Um, word of mouth, posting really? on my Instagram. I had friends posting it in different Facebook groups, different things. So, um, I mean, seeing who's on our list. Most people. So there was a youth come follow me lesson for the law of chastity in June. <laughs> and I wrote a lesson plan and a parent guide.
0: Oh yeah. That'll, that'll spread.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's a church
0: thing for all of you out there who aren't
3: church things Who don't speak
0: our particular religious language?
3: (laughs) I'm I'm looking at the who's on here right now, and I think just about everybody. I
0: think we all happen to speak that language. Who all
3: speaks that language? But if you're on the podcast, (laughs) listen later.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome.
3: It was fantastic.
0: Um,
3: and it's still gaining. I'm still gaining pretty good traction.
0: What's interesting is to Jenny's question. I'm trying to think how I would quantify that as a, as a thing that is trackable in a way that makes it repeatable, or at least the pursuit repeatable. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: It could be um, number, uh, the statistic would be something like number of shareable pieces of content created per year or per month or something like that. Okay. where you could say okay I know that not everything that I create and share is going to hit like that yeah but I have reasonable confidence that you know x out of 10 will hit so my my most important driver is going to be creating that sort of stuff and sharing it with my audience It'd be something like that
3: yeah so I mean and speaking to that I actually so on a podcast last week, week before. Um, I put out a worksheet that goes with the podcast. It's actually a worksheet that I've used with previous podcasts that was quite successful, but then you're getting a whole bunch of people who are new to it. And that again, huge spike in, cause they have to opt in in order to get the worksheet. So that was again, a huge, like, I have a lot of podcasts that have worksheets that go along with them, but this one in particular,
0: So this is an interesting thing too. And, And Jenny, I don't, I don't know, we all have to kind of figure out how this applies to our business, but in Amanda's case, since she has spent the last several years building such a successful podcast that now grows itself. I mean, that's, I think that's a fair way to say it. Your podcast numbers continue to grow.
3: Yeah. Exponentially.
0: Exponentially. So then a big thing for you is converting the podcast listener to a newsletter subscriber because that's another level of engagement.
3: Which I know, I mean, when I was running my group coaching, 30% of my clients came directly from my podcast.
0: Yeah. So for you, Amanda, it would be, and I think you've already nailed this, but it would be by creating um, freebies and offering them specifically to your podcast audience or having their, um, having the way they obtain the freebie be something trackable. You have a very clean way of saying, this is how many podcast listeners I converted to newsletter subscribers in the last month. And that would be a great indicator for you, I think.
3: I like it. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Um, what comes to mind for you, Jenny? What, what do you think are sort of like key moments of, of your client? lifespan or interactions?
2: That's a good question. I I really like what you said about um, like getting in front of other people's audiences because that is the definition of my business. Like um, it's almost like the number of times that I engage on the specific like network Facebook group that, you know, all of my ideal clients hang out in like or something like that either because i posted yeah. something myself or because someone asked a question about websites and i got in there and helped posted something useful
0: i do think there's something to that i if if you cuz i imagine you already have evidence that contributing in that in that setting translates for you mm-hmm. so a key indicator would be sort of number of touches per period number of touches per month or something in the facebook group that's probably a pretty solid indicator for your, for your business.
2: Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. I'll and it would there be a way
3: for that. you to, I mean, and tell me if I'm on the wrong track here, but a way for, I mean, because like, for example, in the coaching posse, you are such a great contributor to that in answering questions and directing people places, but can you, can you get them like instead of offering, pointing them all the way, like create content that gets them onto your list to get them in your system.
2: I, I used to be a little bit better about that. Um, but I'm working on doing that more now. Uh, anytime anyone asks a question, I try to have a blog post that I've already written about it, but
3: a blog post is great, but that's not going to get them on your list.
2: Well, it does in the sense that then I go to my site, they read the post at the end of the post, I always have an opt-in. It's kind of like with your podcasts having, yeah. that's my version of the podcast, right? So Yeah, but, okay. yeah I'll, I'll add that to my list of things to track because I think that that's really useful, Mark. Another, my kind of last question that I thought of and then we can let someone else have a turn. This is sort of along the same lines is, like, how would you advise someone who up until up this until point this has point. done, or done, like, word of mouth is how I've grown my business up until this point, pretty much that and kind of getting in front of other people's audiences? How would you advise someone like that to advertise a course? Because I've brought it up here before the last couple of months. I'm making a course that's going to launch in the next month, and I really so, want to g- get it in front of an audience.
0: <laughs> I think it's a really good question, and it actually relates to what you and Amanda were just talking about, which is there's Amanda's right. In the sense that, um, you could have a specific goal to have people sign up for your list from your engagement with something like the coaching posse, but in a high ticket service business, you don't have to, because people tend to buy our kinds of services when their pain spikes around what we do. Not so much when we quote unquote launch. And Amanda didn't even mention, I'm not saying Amanda said launching, but people mostly use their email lists to to launch or to make direct offers. The way your business and my business works, it's more like you're such a positive, consistent presence in the coach posse that if anybody ever says, I got to get a website built, You're never going to have to be the one to say, I can do it. Somebody else in the coaching posse is going to say, well, all of us go to Jenny or, you know, six people will be like, I went to Jenny. I went to Jenny. I went to Jenny. And it becomes a self-perpetuating thing because you're in the coach posse with people who are in the coach posse, then they're hiring you, then they're still in the coach posse. And then the number of people replying to that post and saying, I worked with Jenny grows over time. And, um, Dominance seems like too aggressive a word, but, but you end up sort of dominating that particular space because of this cycle of, of service and referrals. So how does that relate to a course? Well, a course is a different animal. And as I think we've talked about before, it all depends on how much of the course you want to sell, because if you decide you want to sell a lot of the course, then you are now pursuing a totally different marketing model. It's scaled marketing. Mm -hmm. So if you're content to have people purchase the course here and there, then you don't have to change anything. If you want to sell 50 per month, you got to change a lot. You got to advertise or do a lot of SEO maybe maybe not a lot of seo maybe some seo i don't know but you you have to now start thinking in terms of scaled marketing
2: what are your thoughts on affiliate marketing
0: i i it's like such a siren song i want it to be so great and i just don't believe it is
3: did you not hear the conversation in beginning balance that they had about affiliates a few weeks ago I to every episode, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean
2: it we wasn't didn't a talk large
3: conversation, affiliates. but it wasn't like a little like, oh, we could touch on that. Oh, maybe we shouldn't. Okay. Oh, I did gotcha. we? It was funny. Who so Jesse bad. and
0: I did talk about it on beginning balance, and neither one of us is excited about affiliate marketing, even though we keep trying to be excited about it. Yeah. It seems like every couple of years Jesse comes to me and we're chatting about some new affiliate scheme that he's devised. And I always think it's great. And we both know it's not going to move the needle. We just know it. He's like, we're going to do referral codes. And it's going to be like if you share YNAB with this many people, then blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, man, it sounds awesome. It's not going to work.
3: Denny, I think you have such a loyal, loyal people who love you that you just need to get that loyalty for your course too.
1: Totally. And agree. Then you will
3: have people spouting your name everywhere to all the new coaches every single time because we, they're so loyal
2: to you. Like you just need to utilize your biggest fans. That's my hope. Like my hope is that I can just get this course out there. And over the course of six to 12 months, it's just going to be like, you graduate LCS, you buy Denny's course and you buy Dina's like brand in a box. And like, that's your brand design and your website for, you know, your basic level of starting a coaching business is like done.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with Amanda and it's... um,
2: I like hearing you say that, Mark.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do. I agree with you because Jenny's business and my business are very, probably all businesses are, but service businesses in particular are, are almost completely about loyalty. And I have had the thought that if I were ever to write a book or if I were ever to create something like low ticket... I could probably make a list of a hundred coaches of varying reach, like within that audience, within that group, you know, there's varying degrees of reach, but I could probably go to those hundred and I could be on a hundred podcasts. I could probably have a hundred people who would tell the world about my thing. If I, if I wanted to, uh, if I wanted to make that ask and I view you, I mean, just, just like Amanda just said, so. Um, uh, something that came to mind, Jenny, as you were talking about that, that is, that is related, although it might not seem initially, there's a book, a guy wrote a book called, I think the book is called write useful books. Yes. If you Google write useful books, I can't remember his name right now, but he wrote this book because he's written a few books that over time, he never launched them. But over time, their sales have steadily trickled upward over like a five, six, seven year period, which I think would be my fan, anybody's fantasy for a course that they're selling. That over time, it's just so useful that it grows. And he he has a lot of, he's a super quirky dude and has a lot of great insights about how that actually can happen. Um, so I'd point you in that direction. I want someone to prove I don't know if it's ever going to be me. I want someone to prove that you can create an amazing course. And without a lot of marketing hype, it would have that steady trickle upward over the course of its life.
2: Which I love the idea of because it just means that it's getting that traction because it's so stinking useful. Like it's so simple and useful and easy to like implement, which for a website course is asking a lot, but I think I've done it, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm doing it, you know? And yeah. So that's cool. Well, that's useful to hear your thoughts because yeah, I've had people already approach me and be like, Oh, I heard you're making a course. You should definitely do an affiliate thing. I'll push it to my people. And I'm kind of like, Oh, okay. okay. I'm
0: so glad you brought that up. No, they won't. (laughs) They will, they will mean so well. It's, it's very different. Because I just mentioned, oh, I could probably make a list of a hundred coaches, and I could probably go to them and say, "Can I come on your podcast?" Whatever. I completely believe they would do that. But if I, independent of that, said, "Hey, will you tell your audience, will you basically, will you sell my product for me?" I think a lot of them would say yes, and then not really do it. And a lot of them would just say, "Oh, it's going to be tough to fit in." I I've had so many people over the last almost nine years tell me, "Oh." If you had a partner program, I would tell so many people about you. No, they don't.
2: Interesting. Yeah. They
0: mean well, but they just don't. And that's totally fine. I, so I've, when people start to say, if you had a partner program, I'd be your number one, whatever. I've just decided to interpret that as a compliment and move on. Thank you for the kind words. I'm going to go on about my business now.
2: So fascinating. Okay, cool. That's all i got.
0: Great discussion. I appreciate it. Who else can we chat with today? Got a couple, couple who haven't been here recently, but I'm not gonna say your names because maybe you're just here to listen. We could just end early. We could end a 60-minute call after 20 minutes. It's an ADHD dream.
4: I'll take the time if nobody else has. Oh, any. fine. Fine, fine this was my idea. Um, I love sitting here listening. And then that's when my ideas come too. because you know, we've talked about that ADHD. Um, here's my idea that I had five, seconds ago, five sec- seconds ago. So that's how much thought I put into it, but I really like it. <laughs> tell me what you think.
0: I bet it's great.
4: <laughs> I bet it's great too. Um, and I already know everyone's going to say, no, you can't do that. And uh, anyway, I'll just let you tell me that, but I'm going to do it anyway. So here's what I'm thinking. Um my business is marriage. Obviously it's not singles and that's two different businesses. So I already know that, but I'm just setting that aside. Um so I've been wanting to do an engaged couples course for the longest time. Mm. And and I always think, well, I I think and I have um a little bird in my ear that always says you can't do that until you get the marriage lab stuff going. But um, here's my idea is I want to market a singles event. And an engaged couples event, both in person, live, um, and do it once a year each. And the engaged couples, I'll sell that as a course, or uh, you know, so they could do that themselves or in person. But the singles will only be in person. Obviously, you want that in person, um, where I'm basically teaching similar stuff, but just tailoring it to if you're to if you're engaged. Whereas the singles is more like how to become the mate you're looking for. Which I'll come up with a better name because whatever. But um, so huge. Mate, I like the word mate. I like the word better than spouse. That sounds so old (laughs) timey.
2: Okay.
4: Um, So the singles event would have to be really big, like low ticket, but you want tons of people there, but kind of more qualified. I'm just thinking of like I don't know how you do that. I'll have to talk to that later. Anyway, singles event, and then. Engaged couples event and then marriage lab, still doing that, right? So, the idea is I only ever market the singles event that's once a year and the engaged couples event. And then at those events is where I sell marriage lab. And that's, you know, if you get to that point or Mm -hmm. whatever, it's just ongoing, but I'm not ever really doing much marketing to that. I know you probably have to because it's a membership and all that, but maybe not. Maybe my goal isn't to have to, you know, grow that to whatever because I'm doing supplementing with these other things. I don't know. What do you think?
0: What is, I would be curious if there's research that would tell you when people, when do most engagements happen? Is it in the winter to get ready for a summer wedding or something? Because I think you should coordinate the, the engaged yeah. couples event. You know, it should be a month after that month, whatever. You
3: know, yeah, that whatever. Makes sense. yeah.
0: I think it's a fantastic idea.
4: Um, Even with the singles thing, it's not two separate businesses. It's what someone's going to tell me. My mom. Meaning that
0: you shouldn't tailor, you shouldn't have a business for sing, you shouldn't have an offer for singles. Is that what you're
4: mm-hmm. wondering? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I, I mean, you know me, I'm the wrong person to.
4: Well, don't tell me anyway because I'm going to do it. I think I I'm the
0: wrong person to tell anyone to constrain.
4: Okay, good. I like this idea because I feel like it would be similar programs. Yep, slightly different demographics, different things I'm teaching, but I already have all that curriculum in my head, <laughs> so that's easy. And it's just, I know the marketing is a lot, but if I'm kind of combining a lot of it. And it's, it's kind of like if you're marketing something and you're like, yeah, if maybe you're looking for groups or private and we can talk about both, but it's kind of, I'm talking about them all at the same time in that way. Like if you're single and I know that would be hitting different people with Facebook ads and everything like that. Maybe, maybe not.
0: Well, I mean, I, I don't know to all of that. I don't know. Here's what I, here's an opinion. Mm -hmm. I do feel strongly about that. I want to share Uh that's come from some conversations with coaching friends recently. Yes. Good. In this, in the spirit of constraining and staying focused and et cetera. Yes. I'm, I'm interacting with a pretty decent number of people who have worked themselves into a business that they find not fun in the least.
4: Right. Right.
0: And that doesn't work for me. Same for me. Yeah. Um, And so I think that when something sounds fun and exciting and inspired and inspirational, I think we got to give ourselves permission to pursue it, not necessarily knowing or caring whether we can see clearly what its outcome will be.
4: Oh, I love that. Yes.
0: Because we may, I mean, in my case, nine out of 10 things that I, that I do that with, Mm -hmm. I'll have forgotten a year later. Mm -hmm. But I may learn something from the experience or some, some, some asset, some creation may come out of one of those things that ends up being useful. And this, you know, my coach, Liz, who of course, you know, introduced me to, um, we've been talking a lot lately about how important it is to pursue an intuition and how costly it is when we don't.
4: I'm listening. I'm just grabbing this book to show you, you. which
0: if any of you know me very well, you know how allergic I am to the word intuition and how I roll my eyes at it. But in working with my coach, she's helped me sort of reframe. I mean, none of you probably have that same allergy, so you're not going to be bothered by what I'm saying, but it's, for me, it was a, it was some mental work to accept the idea that I do have intuition and that when I, that there's a, a real cost.
3: Uh Uh-huh.
0: To me, when I don't kind of honor it. And this isn't my coach, this is my therapist, because it takes a lot of people to keep this brain organized. My therapist said to me, Mark, when something keeps coming to your mind and you, and you over and over, over weeks, months, or years, and you keep ignoring it, I just want you to know that that takes a heavy toll on you mentally and emotionally.
2: Oh, whoa, that's good.
0: It is not costless to ignore thoughts and feelings that keep bubbling up over a a period of months and years. But sometimes I think, well, my urge is to ignore it in the the name of, well, I'm trying to be focused.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And disciplined and these people know more than me and all that. Yes. I love that. And that totally aligns. Okay. This is the best book. Speaking of that topic, super quick. I was even with my ADHD brain, I was able to read through it in like a day or two days for me. But this book, I highly recommend.
0: Don't Believe Everything You Think.
4: Huh. Okay. So at the that. beginning, it's this guy, Joseph. I don't think he has, I think he's a coach. He's like, um, I, you can see his name down there. I, can, I can't pronounce his name. But I think
0: that's pronounced Win.
4: It is, Joseph Wynn. I like that. Okay. I think so. Um, It was so, so, so good because at the beginning he talks about you know, it's actually thoughts that cause your feelings. But he also acknowledges that we have a thought come to us that we didn't just choose or whatever. Because you know, I, you know, we talk about that. Um, But his anyway, I'll let you just read it if you want. But the whole thing is about listening more to your intuition and not thinking so much about things. But you should read it.
0: I, I should it read it. all about it. But it
4: is excellent.
0: I will put it in my Audible queue.
4: It's excellent. Um, but I love that idea, and he talks a lot about that too. About like just following your intuition instead of talking yourself into all the other things. So anyway, yeah, thanks. I think I'm just going to do it and I'll be calling you to coach at both of us. So
0: <laughs> perfect. Thanks. I thanks. think that's fun. If the thing is, if you're excited, that's reason enough.
4: I couldn't agree more. Even if it doesn't work out, it's like, yeah, I love it. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Um, also, for those of you who sort of like rule-following brains are screaming as I say that, I actually do see benefit to your rule-following brain. And this is, so This I've been working with my coach and we've been talking about two things. One is that whole idea of pursuing intuition. And the other is, is recognizing that there are T's to be crossed and I's to be dotted in your life while you're pursuing your intuition. And your business systems need to make sure that the T's get crossed and the I's get dotted. While you're chasing intuition and having fun and being inspired and entertained, we can have both. And we, we, I I am right now trying to figure out how to pursue both.
1: Mm. So.
4: Can I just speak to that though? Because I think it comes down a lot to understanding your values, like what things really drive you. And I know Liz probably talks to you a lot about this. I've learned a ton from Liz about that of like, if meaning is what really drives you, then yeah, you can be telling yourself you want more money because you do want more money. But if you want meaning more, you're not, it's going to be so hard to do the things that get money over meaning. So it's like, I think even understanding that of like, well, what's the point of even the money? It's like, if you're want, of course, if you're wanting happiness, all this, you just have to understand your values and know that's why it's harder for me to do these things. Um, and it's okay. It doesn't mean I should be like all the shaming that goes along with that. You right. know. Instead, it's like, this is what really drives me. And going to keep with that and like you were saying there what are the base things that i have to keep up on and how do i figure that out but anyway
0: yeah that's so speaking of values that it's i think it's so powerful to to especially working with a coach which I, i think we all benefit from working with coaches of course but to explore what your values are when liz and i first started working together um we were talking about values we were talking about goals and since i am more meaning driven Specific outcome goals just don't land with me and they never have. And I've decided to accept that. And she said, well, it sounds like one of your goals is to help more people. And I said, you know what? That actually doesn't land very deeply with me. And she said, oh, is, then maybe it's for you to help people more consistently. And I said, yes, that's it. And there, I don't know if you all can even hear the distinction between the two, but it felt it landed very different differently with me. I don't, it doesn't really occur. It doesn't occur to me to go help millions of people. It occurs to other people and that's great. And they should do that. For me, it's this idea that if I do my work in the world, that there's maybe one more person who could get some relief or have some insight or do things a little bit differently. That's very motivational to me. And my core frustration with my way of being is that you never know whether you're going to go two years without hearing from me. So, and that's a violation of my core value. My core value is to be helpful consistently. And I have to build systems in my business to help me live that core value. And then if, if if quote unquote, a lot of people happen to benefit, that's great, but that's not getting me out of bed in the morning. So exploring your values and how they actually resonate deeply with you, I think is such a beneficial exercise. And I think it's the level that waits for all of us after we stop trying to adopt the core values of the people who have been advising us, you know, sort of our, the authority figures we've adopted in our businesses or in our lives. I don't know if that makes sense, but anyway, who else can we chat with?
1: Natalie, I had, is this kind of, I don't know the rules. Oh, of it's this.
0: Glenn. Hey, Glenn.
1: How are you, my friend? The
0: rule is you start talking, Glenn.
1: All right. Natalie, what's your target? Is it like young singles, never been married? Is it LDS people who have been divorced and have some perspective? I'm just kind of curious because I have.
4: I don't know yet on that.
0: Mm, that's a good distinction.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The the thought I have is this. Mm-hmm. I've had men clients who want to meet women who play life by the same set of rules, meaning mm-hmm. their thoughts are producing their results. And then when I talk to younger guys, even sales guys doing summer sales, they haven't wrapped their life around all this stuff, yet it takes a lot longer to get them there. But once they've had some perspective or real life experience, now all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, I see the value in a woman or a man, depending on what side you're on. That's like, oh, I get this. I get this. So then you've got two different people working on their things coming together. And now they have all these deep, impactful conversations to have. And it's okay to be different and to have different goals and ways to hybrid these two families together and all the things. So I've always joked, okay, I'm going to build up my pool and then I'm going to approach gals like Amanda and Jody and whoever, and we're going to create a dating website. We're going to get all these people together that play life by the same set of rules. And it's, it's a joke, but I'm like, kind of serious about it too. I mean,
0: I, I'm not laughing because I think it's, silly. I, I sometimes I laugh and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's it. That's clever.
1: Yeah. That could be so I don't know if there's any value there, but no, I really appreciate that.
4: In. Here's my thought on that. First of all, those, I find that I think that is great, but I almost think a lot of times you end up with one person who loves learning about this stuff. And the other person who's like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. I can get on board with it, but they're, the the more easygoing person because us who are drawn to this are usually the less easygoing person. And so we need it more. And so it's relieving. Whereas the other person who's more able to, I think they're just naturally more emotionally self-reliant. I'll call it that's a big generalization. But so I I don't for me personally, I think, Oh, I don't know if two people that are both so into this are naturally going to be a good match. I think you need a lot of times this person's going to end up with someone who's like, wait, what am I doing here? Or I'm being drugged here. And that's okay. So, right. but I do think that I need, like, even in the five seconds I've taken now to think through what, who this would be of the singles. I do like the idea of saying like, okay, in this modern age, like it's, we want to qualify it a little bit of like, maybe a little bit more traditional roles. Not that anyone's trying to decide who's going to be doing the dishes and who's not, but sure. what like taking it from when you're online and it's like, you know, what's your pronoun? Are you looking for men, women, men that used to be women, or everything else that's out there? Like, maybe have some container around it a little bit that way, where it's a little bit more like, um, like minded in a sense of tradition, not traditional values, but whatever. I'm going to get myself in trouble here. What's going
1: on? You're, you're good. And one more thought just to challenge that is I'm yeah. the guy who didn't care about coaching. Uh huh. I'm the guy who. Yes didn't have a vocabulary. Yes. I'm a guy who couldn't feel anything. And now it's a full-blown business. And my wife was the one that brought me in and now I'm like, can't right. get enough. So just yes. challenging the thought is always interesting. Yeah, I
4: love that. And I do think the goal is for them to both have a framework to use that will involve thought work. But yeah. I think my only hesitation in that was like, it might not be people who are naturally already in this world where it's like, have something that brings them into the singles world of like, I want to meet somebody. And I want to be around a bunch of other singles. And I want to know that they're not going to be 30 years younger than me and 30 years older than me. And we'll have some things in common. And, a lot
1: it's a lot of ands. a lot of ands. To, you know, so it's like, it.
4: and then they go in and then, yeah, hopefully they're like, oh, yeah, this is a great way to approach it. They might not have thought of it, but maybe yeah. they weren't necessarily seeking it out ahead of time. Just thank you. I appreciate that.
0: It's a great conversation. Who else wants to chat? How can we help?
1: I'll stay unmuted, Mark. Please. Um, so I've been building a my dream home and I'm almost finished gas meter, water meter. And then it's almost like all my attention is going to be back to the business. So I'm excited about that. Um, I... I do uh, have been focusing on -on one-on-one because it works. I've done zero marketing other than Instagram and total organic, which has me thinking like, if I flip a few switches, it's going to blow. Like it's going to be a big, big thriving thing, which is, which is a fun thought. So Anything I can watch out for as I'm transitioning from one big goal to the next, any thoughts that you have? I didn't really have an intentional question, but this is my current situation.
0: Are you intending to change your business model from one-on-one to something else?
1: Uh, more like add it. So the the idea that I have and the, the, the content is there and now it just needs to be plugged into Kajabi, essentially. Like I really think I could push a course in less than a week with the amount of content I have. Hmm. But the course would be uh, um, how to get men more open to coaching, building this foundation of this is what your wife has been experiencing. And the slightly dirty part is these gals could buy it for their husbands as a way to like keep feeding this like strong desire to get them on board. So the funneled part would be the course, which would lead to group, which would continue with one on one. I love one on one.
0: And the group would be men?
1: The group would be men, yep.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, a few thoughts. One, The first one being one that I've talked about here a lot and that uh, Jenny and I have talked about on this call and on the last one, which is uh, a course requires, a, if you want to sell a lot of it, it requires a completely different amount and type of marketing than what has grown your one-on-one business in the form of, um, you know, Instagram plus word of mouth. Totally. So you'd be you'd be signing up for a totally different love uh type and, and amount of marketing. The other one is um this offer is it's like the offer where it's like uh when people tell me that they want to coach teens, um, but the teen doesn't know anything about coaching, so the real customer is the parent.
1: Exactly. And so I'm you're fully saying, that, aware. Yeah. The customer yep. is
0: the wife. And, um, but you're trying to get to the husband. And one of my biggest thoughts about that is it's taking a relatively longer route compared what if I have to. If I've
1: accepted the long route, then great. Okay. But compared it, to like finish finish where you were. Oh, I was just going to say
0: compared to pursuing, um, men who are already sold on coaching and personal development. Um, you, it reminds me of the two or three emails slash DMS per year that I get saying, um, they either come right out and admit they're looking for a coach for their husband translation. I want my husband to change. Or they sort of mask it by saying, my husband is looking for a coach. And I always say, if your husband were looking for a coach, I think I'd be hearing from him. Yeah. And uh, I've, I think I've you're looking enough, for your husband to change.
1: And I've coached enough guys that if I accept her credit card, it's bad. Even if it's the same freaking bank, <laughs> yeah, as long exactly. as it has his name on it, it gets a different result.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because he signed up.
1: Because it was his money. It was his emotional experience. And so I've made some guidelines for myself. If I'm really focused on getting that result and not just an income, it's like, okay, that's something I'm committed to. It's got to be your car, dude. So So the,
0: the challenge you face with this whole idea, unless I'm misunderstanding it, is there's there's a decent risk that you will become a source of resentment and contention in a relationship before you even ever, before you have any interaction with the husband. Yep. There's a risk that there's some number of guys walking around the world being like, yeah, I've heard of Glenn Lovelace. I hate that guy because my wife won't shut up about him. Yep. There's some risk of that. It's not a hundred percent risk. There's just some, there's some risk of that my brain goes to like, uh, Jennifer Van Lays and Fife's business where she has, she has a course for women and a course for men where she still gets to the men through the women, but she, she get, but she's, but she's pursuing the men kind of, I'm sorry, she's pursuing the women. And now I'm making assumptions. My assumption is she probably knows that the women are going to be the drivers in her business, but that plenty of men are coming and that they will primarily find her through their, through their wives.
1: Gotcha. Right.
0: So there, there could be something, there could be something there. Maybe you coach the women who want their husbands to change and there's coaching to be done there. We all know. Right. I mean, I
1: give uh tips and strategies. They can sign up for a text and a mailer where it's, these are my top five tips to get your husband more open to coaching. And have you
0: had a good, have you had a good response to that?
1: Um, I've been using a program called touch points pro. Not sure if you're familiar. It's a Mm, little, um, they don't market to life coaches, but they could. And to be honest, I've been so busy with this silly house, uh, all my thoughts about it, that I haven't given it a real chance, but there's hundreds of contacts there just sitting waiting to be used. So I think my overall concern, question, Glenn, is that the is whole
0: small. business is built around the idea that someone else needs to change. And here's how you got it, here's how you get them to want to change. Okay. And that I don't. I just don't know if that's what you want the whole thing to ride on. Um, you're not, I'm, my guess would be, you're not thinking along those lines. You're thinking along the lines of, of what you and Am- it's Amber, right?
1: Uh huh. Yep. You and
0: Amber experienced where Amber was the one who's in. And then you sort of became open to it. That's awesome. What's not awesome is the wife who's like, yeah, I can't stand this guy. He's, he needs to change. Uh, Glenn Lovelace is going to help me get my husband to change. And then you, you become a source of contention and resentment in a relationship where it probably already is exists.
1: And when that comes up, I'm the ultimatum coach to the wife. It's almost like we're on our last straw. Here you go, Glenn. Like that's literally how it gets presented. And by then she's so ingrained in what she's doing. If the change doesn't come fast enough, it, it gets rowdy. So now I'm managing him and managing her, or that's my thoughts about it, trying to help them. So you're saying, you're saying do.
0: she's basically ready to leave if he doesn't change. That's, that's like, the point that I've seen. To, she's saying either you listen to Glenn Lovelace or I'm out.
1: It's I've had many, many clients, probably when I say many, many, probably seven or eight. And a couple of those have already turned to divorce or things are filing. So, so these women are very, very serious about what they want, meaning in my, in in the work I've done in my head, it's like these gals have gotten past acceptance of, oh, your husband's just there to love. That thought is great for a while, but then what's on the other side of that? And that's, that's where some clients are coming in. And it's like, bro, you're, you're, you're behind the game here and I'm not going to play her side, but if you want this to work, oh yeah, I'm playing both sides. It's crazy. And I've accepted that too. So I, so full, full disclosure, probably 70% of my clients are dudes who want to grow their businesses, grow their muscles, and then maybe work on the marriage eventually. And then 30% is this niche that's gals have already transformed from coaching. So it's not like I have to have this work. It's not like I'm all in but that's definitely the passion. That's definitely, there is a major problem here and I can at least help contribute to some great outcomes. If that, if that helps at all. It's it. And um, I understand the dirty side of it because I've been told for years, dude, what are you doing?
0: I, I mean, I don't know what you mean by the word dirty. I don't know that I think it's dirty. I think it's hard.
1: Very hard.
0: Like, all I mean is that it's a, I think all I could say about this is that it's not a strategy that I would be excited to implement, right? For myself.
1: Well, and I think you told me a year or two ago, I don't know how long, dude, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I'm excited to watch. Like, those were almost your exact words.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't, don't remember. That us sounds ever, like you. I don't, I mean, it sounds like something I would say. <laughs> I, I, there's just something about this where it's not sitting well with me that you are potentially dealing with the, uh, whether it's the sp- wife or the husband sure. who is like, I'm better than my spouse. And Glenn agrees that I'm better and Glenn is on my team to convince my spouse that they're wrong and that they're behind and that they, Need to get on board, and and I say that as a person who disagrees with virtually one hundred percent of the life coach school's teachings about relationships. So that's not, I'm not coming from agreeing with them. Sure, I, but I am saying, I, I'm not philosophically, I'm not totally sure about this.
1: And the I'm trying to hear to you. Pretty
0: nuanced.
1: And I'm trying to hear you because I don't feel that way in my heart or mind at all. Then I and think if it my message just in, is coming across that way then that's something I need to be like, that's in a blind, that's a big blind spot, Glenn. Like that's something you need to accept or not. It it may not,
0: see, that's the thing. It may not be,
1: if it feels
0: good to you, then it may just be a matter of communicating that in a way that is what you, is what feels right to you. That doesn't sort of collaborate in one spouse's Hundred um, percent agree. That's a superiority or something.
1: Yeah, for sure.
4: Can I ask you a question though? Yeah. And then, so when you're when you're targeting people, like, is your just because I don't know anything about your your business or your business model, but um, are you is your thought that like women are more um, inclined towards thought work and men need need that work and we're kind of having to get them into it?
1: It depends on the guy. So I would have to. Take it case by case scenario. Um, because of the community that I'm in, LCS, of course, I'm gonna see all these gals who are thoughts and feelings all the way. And then I do have men that are very, you know, business savvy, they make a lot of money, or they want their their health to have an impact on their energy and blah, blah, blah. And so there might be just looking for that edge. What's going to take me to that one next little level? And if I can show them a tool like the model, then they're like, oh, oh, my gosh. And then it just opens up another level for them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'm understanding your question or answering it necessarily. I think four years ago, if you would have said, hey, do, do men need a lot of this? I would have been like, oh, yeah, they're, they don't even get it. I think I even got coached by Jody in front of 500 women. Men are so hard to coach mm-hmm. and all the things. And it's just been one wall and one hurdle and like mark's advising me you know make sure it's coming from a clean place and
3: mm-hmm.
1: you're you're you know so the message has definitely refined since then i don't know if i answered your question though
4: yeah i just think it might clean it up a little bit just to think of it in terms of like she has this idea that he needs coaching and and i think you have to be careful that you're not on board with that but like yeah he does this will really help him because then you're you're kind of like mark said you're on her side but people don't respond well to, to the shaming, to the like, come on, dudes, we all know you guys are home just wanting to like scratch your balls and watch TV. <laughs> like, they're not like, you're right, busted. Here I am. Okay, I'm putting down the Doritos. All right, I'll work hard. I, even though I want to be lazy and not take care of my kids. I think right. men are so sick of hearing that. So it's like, if she's unhappy with something and she hires you, I think best case scenario where it's cleanest coaching, she's, she's going to be as little like, oh, wait, this sucks because my husband's okay with me being upset with him like that's
1: ultimately how it should go and you just stumble the pot across like dynamite so even master certified coaches I've coached their husband now he starts showing up to the conversation differently and the emotional childhood in her starts to come out
4: which is all fine that's growth which is which is fine but I'll I'll tell
1: him hey Mm -hmm. this is coming the tantrum is coming
4: in terms of the marketing though, is sure. you want to speak to like what appeals to him as we respect you. We know you have good reasons. We know you feel misunderstood. You might feel resentful. Yeah. Because you haven't known how you can represent yourself in a way that at least this is my opinion. This is not yes. maybe what you want to use, but like that you're being patriarchal or, you know, you're, um, lazy or whatever. And it's, and so if we just start from the place of like, there's good reasons why she's upset and there's good reasons why he's upset or why we're all struggling and face it clean like that, then it's like, you're speaking to him about like, Hey, you know, I, I'm a dude and you're a dude and I respect dudes. And I know it's hard sometimes. And is it hard in this way and this way, and let's help you have your voice in this way and this way. And you guys can have a better relationship. Then it's no longer about anyone because the, if any chance of you or any, I guess I should say it's the more he's coming in through her it, yeah it won't work because he's he's basically putting it on you to fix things he doesn't really want it you don't want guys there unless they are kind of excited like oh this guy respects me this guy can help me so i would be an ad- personally i would be an advocate for men and be like yeah it's hard and it's you know we're all misunderstood we're all struggling in our own ways and we call it different things but
1: when and- i've so i've coached enough guys doesn't mean i couldn't coach more who who do come in under these pretenses of of exactly what you're describing. And so the more I've coached that situation, I can spot it from like the very beginning. So then I can call it as I see it. And then if they're not ready, they're not ready. Does, does that make sense? My totally, my, my to
4: attract people through a cleaner way. It'll be like, right.
1: Does this appeal like, to you?
4: Not, not any sort of like, come on, dude, no, you need no filters. To yeah. there's to Stop being lazy. Let's do this. Right. Like, that is so
3: not motivating, I think.
1: And then, and then the, the hat I wear or the goggles I wear is the wingman brand. So meaning other guys don't even know I'm there or like the movie hitch where it's like, Hey, I'm here to make you look good. Like I'm totally on your side. And we've even had run-ins where the wife is messaging me and I'm, I'm having to walk a very fine line of taking his side explaining what's going on and then putting him in a position to be empowered and it is wild like it's very very volatile and so earning and keeping that trust is with him is my number one priority even if she's feeling a sense of less control does that make sense so So it's it's crazy it's crazy But, but yeah mark that's kind of where i'm at where i'm headed that's my intention and it's like it's it's more than a passion project. And so it's like, I know I'll figure it out and and little pieces. And this conversation is helping just to be sensitive and aware, I guess maybe that's the the lesson today.
0: I can promise you will never compete.
1: No, there is no competition right now.
0: I'm never, I'm never going to wade into that.
1: Yeah. So... It's, it's the the puzzle of it has been so fun to unwind, but I know that's a mess and it's not the fastest way to something, but I've already made peace with that too. Thanks to you. So,
2: Cool.
0: Cool. It's great to catch up with you, man.
1: Yeah. Good to see you, man. Thanks. Anybody else
0: I can chat with before we sign off today?
4: Sorry, I said balls on your call.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You mean
0: twice? Sorry, you said it twice.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm not really sorry, but I
0: should say. No, you're not sorry. Natalie Clay, Natalie Send your angry emails to
4: Natalie at natalieclay.com. That's where all the complaints can go to.
0: <laughs> uh nobody else? We all set. All right. It's great to chat with you all. Catch up. Thanks, Mark. Great to talk to you. Hopefully you all have something that you're excited to work on. In the next month
1: mark is there a schedule of these calls ahead of time all i have is like a, an alert an hour before
0: first first tuesday of the month at one o'clock
1: okay that's you can easy put it
0: put that in your calendar and the zoom link uh the zoom links in the email i sent sent today
1: got it so okay that helps me a ton thanks
0: thanks folks talk to you on the next one see you